This is Tarot for the Wild Soul, a weekly tarot podcast about life, death, and rebirth, hosted by me, Lindsay Mack. Hey loves, welcome back to a brand new episode of the podcast. It's lovely to be connected with all of you today. Mercury is direct, thank God. I can really feel the difference. Um, It's so interesting there's so much right now around the energy of both and like this idea that um there is so much happening on the planet right now and collectively and yet um the energy is actually quite expansive and uh that's interesting and you know today is friday the 13th and friday the 13th is you know 13 is a is the witch's number. It's the number of the spiral. It's the number of, um, you know, when we're in a Friday, Venus's day, Freya's day, um, the energy of receiving, are we available to receive that which is our birthright, that which wants us? Um, We're kind of talking about on Friday the 13th, which today is, are we receptive to the call of the spiral, which really couldn't be more of, um, in the midst of so much change and of, um, COVID-19 really making its presence known throughout the world, um, and continuing to, and there being so much information and yet so little information and so many questions. There's so much mystery and misinformation that, the brain is really, um, that's kind of all brain generated and lives in that realm. And there is this call from something in us that is much deeper. Um, and it's been very interesting to sit with that. I can't necessarily say like, it's great, but it's pretty powerful. You know, it's very powerful. And, um, I think we're all feeling that, you know, we're all feeling that that both and that sense of walking an edge that's um you know pretty pretty um it's pretty unique to be I feel like I walk that edge every day but it's been pretty powerful to walk that edge of both and and you know experience and soul truth and where they intersect but to be walking it with essentially most of the planet is a pretty big deal you know, it's, it's very powerful. Um, yeah. So in terms of what today's podcast is going to be, I'm going to move into our talk on, move into our lesson on, um, queen of cups, and then I'll chat briefly about our card for the week. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's been, um, it's been really, uh, uh, in terms of what's going on with me personally, Um, I am in the total, uh, thick of course creation time. Terror for the wild souls coming up again. It's going to run from May 1st to June 26th this year. It's nine weeks instead of eight. And it's a really just a completely new course. I'll share more about this next week because the website will be live and you'll get to see all the new changes. But, um, yeah, it's like, hours more material, a far more comprehensive course. Um, 
now uh, a ton more classes, a ton more subjects, bonus master classes, a foundational training that you get right when you enroll. Uh, it's a it's a much bigger entity and it feels so good and I feel ready and I know that it's bigger and more comprehensive because my I have grown so much and am now at a place in my life to be um, diving into that and leading people through it. Um, but it is no joke with like reshooting and, you know, like it's wild, um, but it feels pretty good. Um, I'll have more to share soon, but uh, yeah, very excited and scholarship information that uh, scholarship applications go out on March 30th and none of it really matters right now. Just it's both exciting and so much, and I'm excited to share more when the time is appropriate. <clears throat> um, so, yeah, I, you know, I made a list months ago, I think in the summertime, I want to say August or September, um, yeah, around around about there, maybe even earlier, like July, I made a list of all the cards that I wanted to cover, um, like what I what card I wanted to talk about in May and in in March and whatever. And I just don't. I make those lists and then I pay no attention to them. Um, and I didn't know that uh, I, I had written down Queen of Cups forever ago was not in my head, didn't even know what today's podcast would be. And then all of a sudden, poof, there it was. And I looked on the old list that came up um, and I just thought, oh my God, of course, <laughs> like, of course. And then I sat with, uh, with them. I sat with Queen of Cups and I asked, you know, what would you like me to share? And they told me. Um, and yeah. I'm very grateful that um, this energy found its way back to me somewhere, some part of me knew and then reached back out to me. Uh, it, it was a bit of a time travel uh, feeling and it was quite nice. Um, so there are cards in the tarot that are, uh, all of them are different, right? The soul of them, each of them have souls, the energy of them. And some of those souls of, of certain tarot cards are really chatty and really sweet and they'll sidle right up to you and they're really happy to get close. Some of them are sort of distracted and they kind of just drop you, drop you a missive and then they sort of go away. Some of you, some of them are really harsh. Some of them are really nurturing, um, but they change. Um, but there are some cards that really loom large and don't, it can feel challenging to get close to them. The high priestess can feel this way for some people. Judgment certainly can feel this way. Uh, and I think probably of all the cards in the tarot, Queen of Cups gets wildly oversimplified. First of all, um, there's always a kind of a bias because Anna, mm, I don't know if I want to use the word laziness, but, um, something adjacent to that around the court cards being other people. And I don't mean any shade by that. I just think we can all do better. I do. I really think we can do better. Um, 
because they're not always other people and other people are completely not defined by gender. And, you know, like there's a million reasons why that logic is flawed. So let's come into 2020 and think about this in a more evolved way. Um, Queen of Cups gets really oversimplified. You know, it's always like a quiet woman, a psychic, somebody really connected to their dreams. You know, it's like very typical, but that's it. And um, I think Queen of Cups is actually uh, quite willing to talk and to have a cup of tea with us. But I think we have to stop projecting onto this energy in order to actually get closer to it. Because the truth really about all court cards is that they are reflections of us back to ourselves. That really all court cards are holographs of a part of us, a very, very, very advanced, very rich, robust, soul-centered part of ourselves that's calling out to be embodied and embraced. And if we are dismissing, diminishing, projecting, judging on these parts of ourselves unwittingly, we can miss it. We can miss, you know, our um, invitation from them. And I think that that's why everybody kind of knows what Queen of Cups is, but nobody really knows what Queen of Cups is. <laughs> because this energy is literally the embodiment of the within. So what does that mean to you? The idea of within the within. What does it mean to be at the center of what is inside. And um, it's also not just that. And can come out and share this information, share what is within with the outside world, um, but can't really belong to the outside world and can't truly, totally belong to the inside world. Um, so what does that look like? And so what we can begin to reflect on is what lies within us at any given moment. Like what is, are you really familiar? Are we really familiar with what's within us? There's so much externalizing and me too, right? There's so much comparison. There's so much story. There's so much emphasis on what's outside. And, you know, because Queen of Cups does um, correspond to some of the more, um, you know, perhaps uh, commonly expected, uh, you know, definitions of them, that there is a hermetic nature to this energy. Not always, but there is. Um, this energy is absolutely connected to realms like dream time and, you know, deep inner looking and um there can be senses of psychic energy and of channeling certainly um but with all the emphasis on that we forget that largely as much as we try to prepare as much as we try to 
understand the linear mechanics of what it is to be in the dream time space, what our dreams mean, what it, you know, whatever it is, um, which by the way, isn't a problem, but we've lost the ability to be in the mystery, I think in general. And although there are some of us who feel more comfortable in the mystery than others, there's also kind of a personification of mystery. Like when we think of somebody who walks in mystery, do they look a certain type of way? Are we open to their body or their clothes or their energy being anyway? You know, can we be available to consider that incredibly deep mysteries lie within us that are begging, longing, beckoning for our attention, for our time, for our undivided attention. This part of us that wants is is calling us back home to ourselves. And Queen of Cups is an energy. It will not bother you again. It will not keep bothering you if you deny it. It will kind of sit there. It'll manifest in other ways, right? We know what it is to deny. I mean, it'll. Uh, I think. I think if if there is a, a a a call from the inner void, right? The inner the inner spaces, the wildness within. Um, if there's a call from spirit and a call from the higher self and a call from you know all those spaces, if there's some kind of call from within, it will eventually. Um, be that it really does everything it can to get our attention, but it's not going to shout. It's not going to scream. It's a different kind of call. And it's very easy to miss Queen of Cups when they call. So what this lesson is going to be about is a little bit of a way to start opening our minds to the way that um, Queen of Cups might be reflecting something back to us from within us, and how we can make space and be open to this energy, you know? So Queen of Cups is ruled by the double elementation of water and water. So this is a double water card. And so um, I invite you to just take a moment and release um, any kind of preconceived notions you have about the element of water. You know, that's no, nothing wrong with it. We're just going to be really looking at water with beginner's minds today, <laughs> just for fun. Um, so this energy is um, really a call to come back inside of ourselves. It's a call from within to come back to the cave. Um, it's what really lies within us at any given moment that we may not really be paying much attention to. Um, so each of us has this sort of inner cave of sorts. Um, what do we create from this cave? How do we return to this place again and again to create birth, something new, and then come out and share it with the world? Um, because Queen of Cups is sort of someone who walks on the edges. It's not an energy that lives in one place or one time. It's someone who walks back and forth between worlds and between edges. So um, what does it mean to be in an embodiment of our Queen of Cups? What does it mean to come back and forth from inside of us to share 
what's inside of us, outside of us, and then come back in? What does it mean to not spend too much time on the outside? And what does it mean to not spend too much time on the inside? <laughs> it's hard to say, right? It's really hard to say. Um, yeah, what does it mean to come to the mainland to share what we've learned from the sea and then go back to the sea to reclaim treasure? Um, this sounds pretty esoteric, and actually the truth is that this call and response is happening in every moment of all of our lives. We just deny it, we ignore it, um, or we refuse to come from the sea to the mainland, or um, we really deny our call to go back to the sea. We kind of, you know, we'll deny that. So part of what um, is so beautiful about Queen of Cups, and if we want to work with this energy, is to understand that this is a really spiralic energy, which means you don't make the decision, you follow, you follow them. You don't choose, you don't, you can't look for it. It comes calling and then you say, okay, great. And, you know, tarot exists beyond the realm of cards. So what that means is that queen of cups can come down and into you. Um, and you don't have to pull the card to receive the call. What are some examples? You know, getting woken up every day, every night rather, um, like at the same time every night, you know, and even though we may not know necessarily why, it's definitely a call to pay attention to something, even if it's that we need to drink more water during the day. <laughs> um, a dream that feels specific and very uh, significant. Um, the experience oftentimes of something physical, um, you know, like we're holding something back. I, I always experience that physically. Like if, if spirit is really handing something down to me and I'm kind of like, I'm like doing this. Um, sometimes I can get migraines and stuff like that. Um, it's just me, but, um, it can happen. Um, a kind of, uh, impatience, <laughs> like in just the desire to like go out and be in the middle of the woods. Sometimes that is a queen of cups. And also queen of cups can be that we're out in the middle of the woods and we keep getting dragged out, um, to go back to sort of the town and share a little bit. It's this constant sort of, um, evolution through discomfort, you know, moving and, and not ever really resting in one place, but really showing up somewhere, dropping to our knees, coming back and sharing what we've learned. There are lots of invitations. They can be so subtle though, that we can really miss them. So this energy is pretty hermetic and, um, it is kind of a liminal energy. It is kind of a dream time energy, but it does call us to pay attention to things that we might normally miss. Um, and it's definitely one very, um, useful and productive way to be with this time where we are surrounded and invited into so much fear and isolation where some people are actually, um, needing to be isolated, where there is the potential of a lot of terror 
um, we can fall into that terror and there's nothing wrong with it, by the way. But another way to consider it is that this time that we're living in is one of the strongest invitations that we have maybe ever received as a planet to go within, to get quiet, to listen. And this is really, I believe, a very subtle call from the collective Queen of Cups. I actually believe that. I don't believe that that's all that it is, but I do believe that it's part of what it is. Because this card um, is... it's an it's a state of active receptivity which sounds a little odd but it's passive receptivity means that we're not doing anything with it and there's nothing wrong with that but being passively receptive is beautiful active receptivity means that we're available to take what we're receiving and channel it in some way there is a flexible openness here Queen of Cups doesn't necessarily mean working with this energy and certainly speaking on behalf of how it might be medicine for the current time. Um, It is most certainly not saying like, oh my God, everything's great. You can totally just sink down into the dream realm. But also, when have we really gotten the chance to do that? When have we, like, when have we been in a time when it's certainly not in my lifetime where it's really just, we're just sitting. We're just hanging out. We're not necessarily being social. We're not necessarily hiding our discomforts and our insecurities and going up to parties and gatherings and bars. We're not necessarily hiding or avoiding from what we don't want to see by staying too busy. We're not necessarily distracting ourselves. There's a lot more pull to come within. The uh, one way of really being with that is to wildly resist it and again stay sort of swirled in the kind of mentalness of it all and another way is to drop into the soul of it and with that we have this energy of queen of cups of of walking between two worlds it's not great what we're going through collectively and it also um is what it is it's very hard to argue with what is so the whole point of living this path of 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 leaning on these tools of of learning what we're learning is so we can be available to rise and greet what comes up rather than rallying and railing and resisting and wondering why it's happening and how unfair it is and again all those things are so valid they have a place that we have to have those feelings um but there's also something else and this is part of the walking on the edge that we're talking about um So how do we walk between two realms? What does that feel like? What does that look like? You know, how, how, what does that mean? How can we be available to like be in our everyday life, even though everyday life right now for a lot of people looks super different from what it normally does? Um, what does that mean? You know, because queen of cups, when we look at this energy, at least in the Smith Rider weight, when we look at this energy, this archetype, it's on land right at the edge of the sea. So we're working on both realms here. We're working on the idea that this archetype is holding something that they've made, perhaps that they've uncovered from the sea, perhaps um, something that 
um, has come from the great beyond that appears to be kind of alive, that's maybe connected with them or communicating with them. And we might get curious about that. Like, what do we see? What do we observe? Maybe it's totally different from what I've shared. Um, and I want to talk a little bit, just a little bit about how, um, this energy, um, is really a very powerful representation of, um, a mythological creature that I think is a tremendous ally for all of us right now, which is that of the Selkie. So the Selkie, um, as a myth that comes from my bloodline of the Northern Isles of Scotland, uh, of Orkney, um, along with some other places. And um, Selkies are uh, beings who essentially walk and exist um, in a human form, but have a seal skin that when they put it on, they become a seal and they can live in the sea with their fellow sea, seal family. Um, Selkies this energy of not quite belonging to one world and not uh, really belonging to another um, is something that I think is really useful to anybody who feels displaced, anybody who feels like um, they don't ever really feel quite at home. And for some people that has to do with colonialism and literally feeling like they can't go home, um, which is the, the grief of many uh, a person who's been displaced from their homeland. And um, this uh, also this sense of being a witch, of being somebody who doesn't necessarily always feel like they can find their coven, their brethren. You know, there are some people who are really walking solo paths in this lifetime. And um, selkie medicine is really potent because sometimes our, our seal skin looks really different. Um, and it is, again, the perfect representation of any being who feels like they don't fit anywhere, <laughs> who uh, lives on the edges of wildness and of depths and of unseen worlds, and who lives there. Seers and psychics and witches and highly sensitive people, not quite of land and not quite of sea, right? And, you know, part of the legend of, of Selkie, because there's, there, I'm not going to go into the, the legend because, um, there are lots of places to read about this, pretty much any Celtic myth book, um, of women who run with the wolves. There's a great story on Selkie, um, energy, um, really lots of places to read about Selkies. And I, I recommend that you read it all because, um, I don't have like one solid recommendation. I would just say all of them are great. <laughs> Um, but part of the legend is that unlike, um, unlike other sea mermaid, um, you know, it, unlike other sea dwellers, um, who were, f could be more fierce, like a lot more fierce, um, or who could, again, like lure men to their deaths, that kind of thing. Um, Selkies in their human form were said to make perfect docile partners if they're husbands, because Selkies traditionally were spoken of as women, but obviously we know not everybody who identifies as a woman or as a being in a gendered body, um, like Selkies are 
are for everyone. <laughs> Selkies are queer. Selkies are beyond gender, obviously. Um, but the old legend spoke to the idea that um, basically these 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 human beings made perfect, you know, um, like shy, docile partners when their husbands hid their seal skins effectively enough. So there's something about this too. It's like reclaiming this sense of coming back to life from the drone of our everyday existence. Like where are we kind of half asleep? Where has our seal skin kind of gone? And how can we reclaim that? Um, Dr. Estes speaks about this a little bit in um, Seal Skin, Soul Skin, which is the story in Women Who Run With the Wolves. It's slightly different than how we're looking at it, but that's total Queen of Cups too. We have completely, some of us, lost our connection to our wildness. We're going day to day. We don't really have the time, the space to stop and really get clear about, like, and as much as we hate experiences like this that are so horrible and scary with what we're going through with coronavirus, it is a, I mean, it just is. It's like, we're not going about, even if we are going about our day to day, we're aware in a little bit of a different way. We're conscious in a little bit of a different way. We're tending to our hands differently, which is an extension of the heart space and an extension of Mercury, which has to do with magician creation, which has to do with Gemini, with communication. We're speaking differently, thinking differently, creating differently. It's different. So silky, like Queen of Cups, are not going to fight to get you. But they're never, we're never going to quite feel complete without that part of ourselves, without reclaiming that. And that's what we can start to think about with this energy. Um, because there's always going to be people who are going to want, want to hide your seal skin. It's not very comfortable to be a sulky person, as attractive as that might seem to be. Um, as a sulky person myself, who totally never really feels like I belong, um, I obviously know I can, uh, as a white person, can... Uh, go into spaces and feel comfortable and see people of my own skin color. There are earthly ways in which I do feel like I, I belong. Um, but, uh, I, I don't know that I necessarily feel truly like I, I fit in anywhere in this world, unfortunately. And like, that's always been true. Um, even amongst those who are also my, my, my intuitive and highly sensitive kin, you know, I'm not always easily understood. I've always been told that. So um, it's very easy to get caught in the to-dos, in the shuffle, in the daily grind of what we're doing. And when that call from our little seal skins, our call from the Queen of Cups-ness within us um, reaches out, it's very powerful to answer the call. Very powerful. Um, and Queen of Cups is very sulky adjacent. And um, part of what whispers to us from Queen of Cups, part of the invitation, how do we integrate this kind of embodiment? What is it to come to a resting point in the spiralic, ever-changing, ever-mysterious, ever-void, ever-shifting 
experience of being from two worlds and never quite fully belonging to either. What does that look like? Because Queen of Cups does ask us to embody this spiralic nature without the world of deadlines, transactions, transportation, trips to the grocery store, going about our day. Um, we lose the ability to actually fully translate perhaps what we're channeling without the connection to the earthly day-to-day. -day. We don't quite have the container to bring forward what we bring back from the sea. We won't necessarily know how to talk to people. Um, but without the wildness of the sea, we lose the ability to actually bring back a treasure that belongs to our soul. And it can sort of feel like we're never quite landing on what it is that we want to kind of say. Because without Queen of Cups, this nature of um, being able to kind of go within ourselves and and dive down and touch into some part of us, whether it's from, you know, the stores of our grief or an idea or, um, you know, some part of us that we might have sort of forgotten about, but we're reclaiming without sort of walking the liminal line where we're not really looking for anything. We're just available, actively receptive. Um, there's not really, we, we don't really ever complete the circle where we can come back and share something that we've gained in those spaces. So um, this archetype is actually the bridge between the soul and the earthly, I think, which is really cool and, and really is total wildness because um, I think really of all the tarot cards, for me personally, Queen of Cups is actually representative of true wildness because wildness is very persistent but also very quiet. It's It really is kind of impossible to ignore, but it's really happy to wait. And um, there's, there's a lot of... Uh, if you lean into wildness, it will give you everything. But if you don't want to touch it, it may not necessarily confront you, grab you. Um, I don't know if it's, uh, I don't know if that resonates as true for everybody, but I think eventually it'll get your attention sometimes in really hard ways. But um, there is so much our greatest work, our greatest creative expressions and offerings to the planet, our greatest works of art, our greatest creations um, come from our queen of cupsness. They really do. Our greatest ability to touch in with who we are and what we have to say, our greatest ability to learn what it is to be a being that walks between two worlds, which really all of us are. All of us are. We're not sure. Um, some of us way more than others, some of us in different ways than others, but we all have the experience of feeling we don't quite belong. Maybe not some people, but I don't know any <laughs> people who feel that way. Maybe some people don't, but I do think the people who I'm talking to resonate with that, certainly. So um, we're definitely in a time right now where Queen of Cups is knocking at the door and is really saying, are you ready? Are you available to come back home? So I would say, how is it right now? How could you, how might you make space for both? You know, if there's a need and a desire and it really feels in alignment for you to be educated and up to date on what's going on to a certain extent, 
if it doesn't trigger your nervous system, if you're doing it in alignment with what's in your highest and best, how can you honor um, exactly what it is you need to know about what's happening in the world right now with your inner life? Because your inner life is calling. And my inner life is calling. Our inner lives are calling. It's the last place most of us ever go. We're in everybody's business. We know everything about each other's lives. We're, um, you know, taking to social media with everything. We're constantly scrolling. We'll do anything other than look at ourselves, much less actually isolate in a kind of an alignment, actually go back inside, actually dive down, put on that seal skin and go back home to a part of you that has always been yours. We don't do that. It's really hard to do that. So there are times when, you know, and I, again, I don't know that I've ever lived, you know, in my 36 years, like during a time when really collectively we were all walking through what that felt like together as a planet. Um, But it's very powerful to think about that. There's no linear road with this energy. There's no linear road back to your innate, intuitive (laughs) wildness. Um, This is really about being initiated into the spiral. So it's, it's really powerful. And, um, on behalf of Scottish people everywhere, I encourage you, you know, I'm sure that many other cultures have their own myths about what it is to walk between two worlds. So if the myth of the Selkie resonates with you, I know there's room for everybody. And if there's for, you know, to touch in with how this, um, archetype might help. And, uh, there may be some from your own culture and, uh, Queen of Cups, however, which again is pretty sulky adjacent, is available to everybody. So how can there be an honoring of all the experiences of this and, of both and? It's a really powerful time to think about that. And I really believe this card, especially being Pisces season as well, um, is a really strong invitation to all of us right now and can provide a lot if we're willing to be with it. So, yeah, that's my invitation to you to think about that. And um, our card of the week this week is Three of Swords. So what we're being invited to pay attention to and to keep in mind is um, to make space for the grief. You know, right now, um, this is sort of a real perfect accompaniment to what we were saying, but... Three of Swords is one of those energies that really um, is such an initiation, and it is just about one of the most misunderstood cards. It just gives one of the most valuable life lessons, um, which is really how do we remove those swords, remove the swords of um, identification, of blame, of of needing uh, to, to retaliate, of blaming ourselves, blaming someone else, and move into a space of willingness to just tend the wounding, to just tend the wounding. Right now, the fear is very great. The fear and the terror and the unknown and the, and the um, bubbling over of feelings is quite uh, unique in terms of 
of, of the largesse of it. Um, so making space to feel the feelings, which is like the last thing that any of us want to do, but there they are. <laughs> um, making room to kind of pull those swords out, like to actually take a break from constant consumption of news for just like a moment can actually help us to put a hand on the bleeding wound and to help the, the bleeding stop. Um, to let whatever wants to come out, the tears and the overwhelm and the tension, to give our bodies a little bit of a break. Um, three of Swords does not mean we're going to get struck with horrible information, horrible heartbreak. It actually has nothing to do with that. We go through three of swords shit every fucking day of our lives. Every day we see something that triggers us, that hurts our feelings. We get a memory that's like, oh, that stings. This is not special. We're human beings with feelings <laughs> constantly going through this. Let's normalize three of swords here because we're always going through this energy constantly. Um, but where it can provide some usefulness to all of us in the collective this month, um, or this week, sorry. Um, how can we pull those swords out? The mental cycling, the obsessiveness, the, you know, whatever it might be for you very personally or very collectively. And how do we come back to the wounds? How do we come back to what's needed? How do we come back to the caretaking, to the piece that nobody ever wants to look at? How do we actually make space for that? That's what we're being invited to pay attention to. So we can take that with us this week. And you can put this card on your altar. You can befriend it. You can talk to it. You can um, really bow to the fear that you might have around it because it really is a friend. And allow it to come forward and be of service to you. <sighs> so that's all I have for you, wild souls. I'm thinking about all of you. I'm loving you. I am... Uh, um, maybe we'll share some behind the scenes stuff from my shoot in this coming week. And I have a wonderful guest on my podcast next week. Hint, he's my husband and we're going to be talking about his new deck. So I'm very excited to um, have Chase on the podcast. Uh, and I just wish all of you um, the most beautiful week and as much peace and health and caretaking as much um honoring of the, your feelings as much cherishing and caretaking of your nervous system as you can possibly provide yourself that is what i wish for you to take your time and to be gentle so until we meet again please be well thank you so much for listening to tarot for the wild soul this podcast was edited by chase Voorhees. The podcast art is by Chelsea Iris Granger, and it is hosted by me, Lindsay Mack. For more about the podcast, visit wildsoulpodcast.com or follow us on Instagram at Tarot for the Wild Soul. For more about me and my work, please visit lindsaymack.com. To support Tarot for the Wild Soul, please consider subscribing to the podcast on iTunes and leaving us a five-star review. It helps people find us, and it is greatly, greatly appreciated. Thank you so much for being here.